Hello and welcome to the newest episode of the Right Stuff Anime Podcast. Uh, my name is Thomas Breckenridge. I'm the merchandising manager. I'm Quinn. I'm a merchandising coordinator. I'm Chris, also a merchandising coordinator. I'm Will. I'm a social media coordinator. And once again, I lied and said that we would be back after two weeks. And again, here we are, three weeks. But Will <laughs> was enjoying a very nice vacation, and we didn't want to do the podcast yeah. without him. Yeah. So how was your vacation, Will? Oh, it was a lot of fun. I got to hike up in the mountains of Colorado. Oh, wow. That's so nice. Yeah. How was the weather? Was it, like, oh, so it was, nice and warm? Yeah, no, it was still good. And uh, and uh, you got to see a lot of elk. Uh, it's, mm. it's there in there, like, they're... Uh, I don't know what you call it. They mating call it the season? rut, but mating season. Yeah. Okay. Ah. Sorry. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Banging antlers. We watch a lot of anime and manga. We know all about mating. Season. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they. I mean, elk have their own harem, so it's like you can make an anime out of, out of elk. Maybe rut that's what Beastars is going to be about. Oh. Oh. oh no. Cool. All right, guys. So we'll just get started right off the bat here, and we'll just get into what we've been up to, watching and reading. Quinn, what have you been up to? Uh, I binge watched Tanya the Evil, and that show <laughs> is ludicrously funny, even though it's not meant to be funny. Mm-hmm. My favorite part is that the world just conspires against her, and she just hates life, but is gonna bound and determined to, to uh, thwart being X. And this is an isekai show, but one thing I really appreciated is that the salary man that gets reincarnated is this little girl. Yeah. He totally is like into this world and completely doesn't reference his past life. Occasionally he'll make a comment like, oh, this is harder than being a salary man and everyone around him will be like, what? But everything that he thinks is thought with Tanya's voice. So mm-hmm. the essence of the salary man doesn't really exist anymore. So I appreciated that. But um, the whole thing is, is that when he was a salary man, he gets killed off by a co-worker that he ended up having to fire. And then being X just shows up and is like, oh, this is your comeuppance, you know, and I'm God. I'm here to let you be resurrected. And he's like, God doesn't exist. We don't need God. <laughs> and that pisses off being X. And being X is like, well, I'm going to show you. I'm going to take you to a different world where you're going to need to pray. And um, it just escalates from there. It's like an alternative universe, <laughs> World War One, and they have some magic powers and... He's been reincarnated as this girl that's an orphan and is down on her luck and just needs to survive. And uh, Tanya is like, no, I'm going to find the best, safest route for my life. So she enrolls in the military with the, uh, like, her goal is to be on the back lines in an office job. And everything she does makes her more prominent for the front lines, mm-hmm. and then she ends up being on the front lines, and she's just like cursing the day, and then being X intervenes a couple times, and just thwarts her, and she's all like, I hate you! And everything she does is supposed to help her out, but it helps other people out too, <laughs> so she looks like she's a nice person. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's ludicrously dramatic and overly hostile towards being X, and it makes me laugh. So apparently I have a twisted sense of humor, but that's great. I, I really enjoyed it. I have yet to see the movie, but I had all the episodes watched. So with the saga of Tiny Evil, I've only seen a couple episodes, uh-huh. but if I remember correctly, the guy that is possessing her, he's a salary man, but he is like, was just like, he's a, just a terrible human being. Well, it's not so much he's, he's not like 
terrible on purpose. Like it's not his personality type. He's yeah. he's literally I'm a salary man and I'm following the rules of the world in order to get ahead. And if yeah. you don't follow the rules, well that's your own fault. I'm following the rules, which is what his reasoning was to fire his coworker mm-hmm. because the guy was like you've been warned You've been slacking, you're supposed to work hard, and I'm working hard, so you can't yell at me. He's just, like, doing his job. So it's not like he's a terrible human being because he wants to be, or that's his goal. It's just, this is how he sees the world. And then he applies that logic to the World War II alternative world that he gets reincarnated as. And he's not really, he's not even, like, possessing Tanya. He is Tanya. Like, he's totally reborn as a separate new person. It's like reincarnation, but he doesn't really have... I don't know. The odd thing is, is that he doesn't really retain his memories as you would think in other shows where they mm-hmm. use that to their advantage. Like he just uses his wits and doesn't really reference yeah. our world that much, which I appreciated. So, do you think the show markets more? I don't know. I, I know a lot of people really, really like this show because mm-hmm. we had it in our holiday sale, <laughs> and it was like the best seller of any holiday sale ever. I couldn't believe how many copies of it we sold. Yeah, but. Do you think it kind of fetishizes war a little bit? Like, the show kind of has, like, a war boner? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, they made it very realistic. Uh-huh. Um, there are horrors there, and and I think that is some of the reason why Tanya gets a little twisted. Mm-hmm. Because you have to see these humans that you're killing as just things, as objects. Yeah. Because if you humanize the people that you're up against, you're going to feel sorry for them. Mm-hmm. And it might actually be twisting her a little bit more. But... Um, and like you've her, never read any of the light novels or anything, have you? I have them, but I have yet to read them. Oh, okay. I, I started reading, like, maybe I got ten pages in, and mm-hmm. it read really well, but then I, I needed something to binge, and I'm like, hey, hey, Tanya's on Country Roll, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the fetish of war, like, if you enjoy, like, hard-hitting war films, it's more yeah. along those lines. Like, I wouldn't say it's glorifying anything, because mm-hmm. they are down in the trenches, and, and it's it's got some gore to it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> There's one guy in her company that he just loses it and she demotes him, but it's more for his own sanity than anything. Mm-hmm. So there, there's some realism to this. And the the neat thing with the magic is that it's like channeled through their weapons. So the rifles they use are actually like overemphasizing the um, the ammunition. So it like makes it bigger and more powerful with mm-hmm. their chanting. And then each different country has a different version that allows them to fly. Yeah, it's like I, mechanical. Yeah, I saw the whole mechanic behind the yeah. flying because that was the first one of the first questions I had with that show. Yeah, I mean it was really neat, and and to me the company that she's in, their gear is most. Um, uh, it's the swiftest. It has the most mechanisms to, to let them be agile in the air. Because mm-hmm. there's another place that has, like, horse versions of the magic flying stuff. So they're, they have to ride around on these horses. They're kind of stuck on that. Whereas theirs is literally just down one of their legs on a foot. Yeah. And it allows them to really be like acrobats. And there's another one that shows up later where their flying machines are kind of motorcycle-based. So it's it's kind of neat how they have each individual country yeah. represented. Hmm. But like I found it very interesting too. Yeah. Like if you want to dig into the lore of the world, that seems very deep. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I watched the first three episodes when it was streaming and I I guess I just got a very negative feel for I, it. I think that you have to just 
have a little bit of a twisted sense of humor appreciation for yeah. it because to me it it makes me laugh even though I know that is not the intention at all mm-hmm. for this show but I found myself laughing because she's getting thwarted by being X and powers yeah. that she can't control but she wants to yeah I remember I got very very sick so when I get sick and I have to stay at home and watch something I always watch something that I I know that I'm never... How do I put it in a way? I know I'm not going to really enjoy because you don't want to relate something. You we don't want to get like into something you really like and like be very sick because if you ever think of that show again, you remember the time you were kind of miserable. At least that's how my mind oh, works. Yeah, no. So I watched Overlord, like all three seasons of it. <laughs> and crappy CG and all. But it just that, that story kind of reminds me of that where Guy gets stuck in Isekai world and like he has to treat these people um they're all like non-playable characters Mm -hmm. but he's stuck in the world so they're like real kind of um but he has to treat them as not real otherwise like he would think of himself as a terrible person see on that show and now i've only watched isekai quartet so i'm only basing what i've seen on on their their sense (laughs) of humor on that but it's like it feels to me like he keeps getting in overlord keeps getting raised up to the status of this big overlord that can do no wrong Mm -hmm. and all the npc people are worshiping him whereas in tanya it's like her company just like she takes them out to train them Mm -hmm. and she has some people that actually pass it and the whole point of this training was so she wouldn't have a company she wanted Mm -hmm. to make all of them fail so she could still sit in the back line and they pass it and she's like dang it i have a brigade now (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm not supposed to go on the front lines, so I, yeah. Interesting. It 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 was fun. Yeah. So Saga of the Time of the Evil and mm-hmm. both Overlord are available on our site. I think uh, Overlord's <laughs> got three seasons, and Saga of the Time of the Evil I think has an essential or classic. It has edition. an essential yeah. one right yeah. now. Yeah. Yep, we have that, yeah. and then the the movie is streaming. Yep, streaming, mm-hmm. and then no release for that. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Chris, what have you been up to? Oh, man, I feel bad because, like, Quinn had so much to bring to the table on that <laughs> one. My bandwidth has been completely jammed full with, there's been a lot of good video games that have come out lately. <laughs> like, it's a big time to be a pro wrestling fan right now. And so my bandwidth is just super narrow as far, fit, for, as, far as fitting in shows. One that I'm trying to finally get around to, though, is, like, one of my random blind spots in the Gundam universe. I've been trying to check out Gundam Double Zero. And um, it's interesting because, like, it it casts itself as very much a real-world Gundam show, so to speak. It takes place still in the Anno Domini calendar, so it's literally just, like, 200 years in the future. And it's very much, like, an Amer- like American, like, country, major organization... There's, like, the Russia and China organization and Europe all trying to take control of the world through solar energy production. And there's this group that is sick of the three factions warring against each other called Celestial Being. And, of course, like in every Gundam show, the way to stop war is to fight war. So they show up with their own giant robots and start just trying to slay everybody else. And it's just interesting to see, like sort of a mix of modern and classic takes because it borrows a lot from like Gundam Seed and Gundam Wing I think and maybe that's part of why I haven't really done such a deep dive in on it yet because it, it seems like it's been done but not completely and the mobile suits seem really sweet they seem to have a little bit of a uh, almost metaphysical vibe to them sort of like bringing back the new type philosophy from the original series and so I'm looking to uh, 
getting to that when I'm getting some free time. But mm-hmm. man, it's been so hard finding free time. I've been too busy harassing <laughs> people as a goose. So well, <laughs> the good thing is snow is coming, and yeah. you'll be stuck in your house, and you'll have plenty of time to watch uh, stuff. Then. That's a horrible <laughs> thing to say. I know. Yeah. I'm already preparing. <laughs> cool. So what have you been up to? Uh, well, between the vacation last week and just being busy in general, I haven't been able to keep up with a lot of anime, but I have been uh, able to, you know, keep watching Space Dandy, and for my depressing shows, so the idea was that I watched two episodes of what I thought was going to be a depressing show, and then watched Space Dandy as a nice palate cleanser <laughs> for that. Uh, so I picked Ergo Proxy as that show, and it's not really depressing, but it is like kind of kind of dark uh it's set in a dystopian uh alternate future where basically you know it's your typical future all of the environment has basically gone kaput all these people live in these authoritarian like cities and it focuses on one of the quote-unquote policemen who works in one of those cities called rail um she's actually the daughter of the leader of the city if i understand the hierarchy mm-hmm. of, of the of the city so she gets some special access to whatever is going on and what's currently going on is that there's these androids who get infected by this virus and this virus causes them to be uh, self-conscious as well as just being able to be determining their own actions so i guess that en- means they end up going crazy for some reason mm-hmm. <laughs> And there's, but then that's just actually more of a side note. The main <laughs> thing that happens is when she runs into this guy named Vincent Law. I know his full name because they keep repeating it every every five <laughs> seconds of the show. Vincent Law. You must Vincent, know his name. It's Vincent important. Vincent Law. Yeah. <laughs> and so he just seems like this regular guy who's just some immigrant from a far off colony, but there's a secret side to him. Somehow, he keeps being tracked down by this beast called a proxy, which is this almost godlike creature that is able to do pretty much anything. But he's somehow able to survive every time he gets confronted by it. And the whole, I, and the whole series springs off from there. Why is Vincent Law able to survive his encounters with proxies? What's really going on in the city? What's really going on in the world? And it really takes a more uh, philosophical look look at things uh, so it's very like things about like what is human what is God Think, quite, higher up questions like that so it's a very ambitious so I don't think it's as, it is as smart as it think it is but I really <laughs> it, shaking his head now. Yeah, yeah I watched a show almost 10 years ago but keep going <laughs> but uh, I really enjoy how it's trying you know there's st- a lot of show there's a lot of anime is great but I really enjoy when series are able to at least attempt mm. uh, higher thinking, higher ideas like that, like what like Serial Experiments Lane does, mm-hmm. and to a certain extent, things like Atomic Galaxy and Ping Pong mm-hmm. uh, do as well. So I I I try what I like what it's trying to do, uh, even if it doesn't succeed at it most of the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I I remember watching it a long time ago because I thought the artwork on the the front of the case mm. was good. This is back when Genyon was releasing it, so this is a very long mm. time ago. Yeah. But uh, I always remember there is an episode towards the end of the series where 
it like pulls you out of the main story and it's like a game show <laughs> and it breaks like the third wall and it's just really weird and after that it goes back to the story again and to me that like summed up the show like like hey guys please don't take this as serious as you think you should take this seriously <laughs> um but i always remember that the art remind me a lot of and i might butcher his last name but nehi uh, the guy who does Blame in Knights of Sidonia. Mm. Oh, yeah. That style of art, kind of, I kind of felt that. And that was before, like, any of his stuff had been adapted. There was, like, a really short, like, OVA of Blame that was just, like, clips of kind of that manga. But, like, Knights of Sidonia and that stuff hadn't even come out yet. And so that's, that's kind of why I went to it. But I, I agree with you. It was, like... Cool concepts, cool ideas, and just not executed very well at all. Yeah. <laughs> Which can, I think that was, I don't know, was that um, Gonzo? Yep. Yeah. Sounds about right. Well, it was Manglobe, the oh, guys Manglobe. who did uh, Samurai Shampoo. Yeah. Uh, and then they no. did Gangsta, and now they're not a thing anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, somebody's, if anybody wants Gangsta to return, it'll have to be through a different studio. But, cool. Anything else, Will? Uh, I have been reading manga. I had, I'm doing a review for Cats of the Louvre. Oh. Of the Louvre. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's actually one that I, I've really enjoyed. Uh, but it, I will say it's probably not going to be for everybody. Uh, it's been It was written and drawn by Tayo Matsumoto. Uh, if you don't know him, he's the guy who did, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong, Tekon Concrete. Tekon Concrete. Yeah. Tekon Concrete. And he also wrote the original manga for Ping Pong. Mm-hmm. So his art style is not for everybody. I personally really like the mix of hyper-realistic, but at the same time surreal art mm. style it, he, he uh, goes for. And that really works very well for something like exploring mm-hmm. like the mecca of, uh, of art museums. So yeah. Now my question on this one, because I couldn't tell, I flipped through it. <laughs> is it told from the cat's perspective or from people's perspective? There's two perspectives. Mm-hmm. One is from okay. the humans uh, who work at the museum and the other is the cats. Okay, so both. Museum. Okay. Because yeah. I read some sample pages and I'm like, what happened to the cats? Why are there people? And then when we flipped through it, there was that hyper-realistic cat humanoid looking yeah. art and I'm like, <laughs> What is going on? Yeah, yeah. The, sometimes, so the cats don't really show up until like the second chapter of the story, uh. and then they also, and then like the, the the artist likes to switch perspectives from. Sometimes he'll depict them as like real real life cats, and the others time he'll do like a more like abstract, uh, cartoony, he, cartoony humanistic view of cat hmm. of the cats. Okay. Is it more upsetting than the uh, live action cats trailer? No. Okay. No. Nothing okay. can be no, it, it, Yeah, it's more. It's definitely more artistic. I'm going opening night. <laughs> I can't wait for the giant mess of that movie. <laughs> I live for that stuff. Walk out ten minutes in. Oh man. He wants to no, have an opinion though. No, I'll stay till the end. <laughs> cool. Well, oh, uh, for me, it is now October, and my October ritual is to watch a lot of horror movies. I try to watch at least one for every day. Um, oh, nice. Yes, I, I'm a huge. I love horror fans. Um, I even subscribed to Shutter. I recently watched uh, uh, one cut of the Dead, which is this awesome. Uh, I believe it's Japanese uh, film where they uh, they're basically going to shoot a zombie movie all in one shot. And I don't really want to ruin it for you because it's very like uh, it's very low budget style. But the movie like it opens up with the actual short, and I don't want to ruin the end part. But if you like like 
comedy and like looking behind a camera and how something's put together. One Cut of the Dead is really good, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I watch a lot of horror stuff. But I did watch uh, the new Cabinary of the Iron Fortress movie that is on Netflix. It is they broke it down into three episodes on Netflix. It was a movie that played in Japan, I think, uh, like May. Um, it just kind of continues the story on. Uh, they basically they land in a village um, and they're trying to regain certain parts of that village that have been taken over by the Cabinary. Uh, the Cabinary are basically, best way to put it, kind of like a bloodthirsty vampire slash zombie. But <laughs> like to kill them, they have a, like a core where their heart is. But you need special weapons to break that core mm. to destroy it to actually kill them. So if you sit there and shoot them and you don't hit the core or you don't have a weapon power enough to hit the core, they just keep going. Um, there's certain uh, characters that have been bitten or attacked by the Cabinary that um, basically are able to stay human and have like superhuman strength, but they have to be careful otherwise they might turn into like a full cabinary. Mm. Um, so it follows Ikuma and Mume, who are like the two main characters from that, going to this village. Uh, now you can kind of see that Mume has a thing for Ikuma, uh, and that's kind of cute. And uh, the one thing the show also has going for it is it's done by the studio that does Attack on Titan, the director of Attack on Titan. It was kind of his thing that he always wanted to do. Um, and he was kind of able to do that because of how successful Attack on Titan was. Um, but, I mean, the production value on it is great. Um, it's it's fun nonsense. I'm not going to say it's going to change your life. <laughs> but, like, I, I just find it enjoyable. To me, it's like a summer blockbuster. Like, put it on. It's about an hour and a half, two hours. A lot of action. A lot of cool stuff that happens. A lot of awesome set pieces. Like, the old, like, style Japanese villages are really cool. And how they're, um, they have, like, they move around on a locomotive. Um, so there's, like, to me, there's elements of Snowpiercer on there, if anybody's ever seen that movie. Um, which I highly recommend. Um, but yeah, the the movie's on there. Hopefully, they keep continuing to do the series just as like little mini movies because I mean, right now they're just kind of traveling along and trying to eradicate what was left of the Cabinary and find a cure for the two main characters who are kind of in between. So that's Cabinary. Um, the original series we do have on our website, so check that out. I also finally started watching Carol on Tuesday on Netflix, and that's uh, yeah, so all good. sorts of amazing, and I love it, and I love Shinichiro Watanabe, and I'll watch anything he does. Um, <laughs> the one thing I really did like about the show, like I love the relationship between Carol and Tuesday, and I love the scenes where they just sing, like the way that it almost seems like the whole world shuts off when they're like, the even like the first episode where like, they're just she's just kind of playing a tune and she's humming and then the humming turns into words and then the words turn into the chorus and it's just really beautiful how it's shot and it's done but their manager like gus is like mm -hmm. i absolutely love that guy oh, i think he's such an awesome character, character. Yeah. um and like he's just so filled with positivity and stuff like that like I guess I'm, like, used to always seeing these, like, oh, it's a slubby manager who's going to take advantage mm -hmm. of yeah. these sweet girls and, and, and that's kind of what like you that. think when you first see him, mm -hmm. too, because he's just this slob that they find at a bar, and when they yeah. find him, he's drunk and yep. just, uh, his life is a mess, but then mm -hmm. he gets it together, and he's like, oh, yeah. I've got connections, let's go. Yeah, but he's got, like, a heart of gold, and, yeah. like, he's just a good person, like, there's, there's kind of scenes later on where 
like he interacts with certain characters and like he's not judgmental at all like he sees the person as who the person is and i don't know it's it's weird that the show's carol on tuesday but i'm always like oh, i really like gus like, <laughs> this character is just so cool but then i think about like sinichiro watanabe like he's really good at writing supporting characters too mm-hmm. and i feel that really kind of comes through so um but yeah um there's other things i've watched but that's kind of going to go into what we're going to talk about next yeah. um we're gonna so the summer season is pretty much officially over i think there's one episode of inland saga left before it officially starts its second arc but it's pretty close to being done um so with the summer season being over um what did you guys like? What didn't you like? Quinn, I know <laughs> that a... you finally got to see the ending of Given, and I they did. had a really cool announcement at the end. So. Well, I am less thrilled about the announcement than most people, just mm-hmm. because I'm like, it's a rehash told from another point of view. It's a movie. Yay, more content. Mm-hmm. That means it was successful. I'm happy about that part. <laughs> um, Haruki is also the best boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited about that to a point, but... The, the show overall, it had such a high on episode 9 that episodes 10 and 11, they just couldn't top it. So even though I know it's still good content and I still love it, I still felt disappointed. <laughs> Which is sad. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's like, I really hope there's a second season and I don't think the Noah Tome block has ever did, has done a second oh, season. Oh, was it in the show? Yeah. yeah. Well, that explains why it was good. Yeah. <laughs> really I didn't good. know that. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, it's. I, I, for some reason, I thought Vinland Saga was Noitamina, and mm. I'm wrong. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed that, and mm. I, I really want to see more of it. Um, yeah, Girls in a Dungeon wrapped up. I regret my decision not to binge watch it because every sinking episode ended, and I was like, no, you just got content! What? No! Ugh. But then the mobile game had extra content that I didn't want to miss out on. (laughs) Yeah! Stupid, stupid tie-ins. But yeah, that was worth it because I have Haruhime now. Yeah. And Bonds. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so those were the two shows that I probably followed the best. Um, I know I'm missing something. I was watching something else. Given was like the the main staple of my summer season, though. Cool. Chris, how was your summer season? Uh, not bad. I pretty much sucked in the ones that I was pretty much watching from the start. and mm-hmm. It really bumps me out that uh, we're, we, we're on a break now from a Demon Slayer commencing our yeah. mm-hmm. Like That would be the other thing I was watching. It was yeah. A, yeah, it was a great <laughs> run. and I, I, I was a little bummed out that the last three or four episodes yeah. were just, let's just hang out at camp and heal up. Yeah. That was a lot of fun, especially realizing that the Zenitsu's limbs had been shrunken <laughs> after yeah. getting bitten by the spider. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> shirts um, all the time. He has no yeah, hands. just like, floppy right, arms. <laughs> but like the people training under, I think it's Shinobu, the the butterfly, the poison mm-hmm. master. They they were really fun to watch and get mm-hmm. used to the three adorable little maid girls that were yeah. helping mm-hmm. him. Like everybody's like, oh god, these girls keep on torturing us and put us through this massage stuff. And Zanuta's like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I love that reaction. But then, like, in the final episode, they are really building up some awesome stuff mm-hmm. coming down the road. The, uh, like, they touch a little more on the uh, the demon side of things. And, mm-hmm. oh man, just some of the awesome stuff they did in that scene was just really cool. And now they're building to, uh, they're doing the next arc as a movie. Mm-hmm. And so, really excited to see what turns out of that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Doctor Stone was still a lot of fun. Uh, they've really established like a sort of plot now, but it is starting to get into sort of the the shonen trope of okay, we've got this storyline, let's stretch it out eight, ten episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's just building up to 
like the village that they're at trying to uh, help out. Um, I think it's Ruri, the the daughter of the chieftain of the village who's sick, and they're trying to use science to cure her. But to do so, they have to win this fighting tournament. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's funny because it seems unfair. It's like a tournament of eight different people fighting, and um, oh, the the um, not Taiju Senku Senku and his team. They take up, like, five-eighths of the slots. Like, it seems rigged from the start that, oh, we'll probably have a good chance of winning this, and, like, there's one big tough guy in the camp that would be the big threat, and their best guy faces off against him in the first round. <laughs> but uh, that's going to be continuing, I believe, so yep. we'll still get some more of that. So cool. looking forward to see what unfolds from there. Well, yeah, well, for me... <laughs> I've been really bad this this season. <laughs> I I've been barely able to to keep up with the shows at all. But I can't tell you what I'm planning on binging when I when I when I'm able to. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I should have been watching Vinland Saga on a week to week basis, but life just caught up to me. But oh man, those first three episodes are really good. <laughs> oh man, that stays good. Trust me. Oh yeah, I'm, gr- I'm really happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I definitely need to check check out Demon Slayer. I was able to get it halfway yes. through, and then I had to freaking stop. <laughs> I didn't want to stop, but uh, mm-hmm. life had other plans for me that time. Yeah. Uh, there's so there's that. I want to check out Doctor Stone. Mm-hmm. I like the first episode. I want to oh. see if it's able to continue off of that. Uh, maybe Fire Force. I've only heard. Yeah, I've only heard. <laughs> it uh, gets, I'll, I'll talk. I was gonna. I'll talk about <laughs> Fire Force. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard it gets a gradual slope down. Some of the some of the content I've heard about in mm. previous episodes, I'm like, eh. but the first episode was was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So I mean, hopefully it'll get soon later. You get yeah. it better soon later. <laughs> so Carol on Tuesday, obviously, I need yeah. to watch that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so those are what I'm planning to watch. Mm. Cool. Well, yeah, the uh, summer season. I, I thought overall it was pretty strong. Oh, yeah. um, I'm not gonna gush anymore over Villain Saga. <laughs> if, if you're no, if you're not watching it, it's your own fault. It's <laughs> or you're uh, just poor and can't afford yes. Prime. Yeah. So just keep creating fake email addresses, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get free Prime to watch. Get it, all the trials. It's amazing. Um, yeah, Demon Slayer ended. Um, uh, I know, like, the last couple episodes kind of dragged a little bit, but mm-hmm. it, it was kind of like that in the manga, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, after that episode 19 and 20, those huge episodes, like, it was it's kind of like coming down after a roller coaster. Exactly. Like, you want to keep that high, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, need we need to, to reestablish some stuff. We need to, they have to introduce some new characters because a lot of stuff is going to be happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended with the, I know a lot of people were worried that Anaplex was not going to do anything more, but it, at least for now they announced they're going to do an anime adaptation of the Infinite Train arc, mm-hmm. which is a really cool arc, and I think it's going to fit perfectly into a movie um, and with that style and even bigger budget. Like, yeah. It's not look good before. <laughs> look out. I mean, good grief. That camera threw the train just yeah. for the little announcement. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, production. Yeah. This is good. I was just like, yeah. oh, we're going to get that fate stay money for uh, <laughs> oh. Demon Slayer. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, Carol on Tuesday just finished up in Japan. We're going to be getting the second part in December on Netflix. Mm. So that's exciting. Um, and then Fire Force. I, I can't think of a show that lost steam so much like that show did in a long time. I mean, 
And then we're going to talk about it a little bit on our review of Promare. But after watching Promare, and I know Promare and Fire Force are two completely different things, mm-hmm. but I had no interest in Fire Force anymore after watching Promare. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I wish there was a TV show of Promare. Right? <laughs> but no, I just, it seems like it's kind of dragging on. And I don't know, maybe it'll get better. I'll, I'll wait and see. But I think I dropped it about six or episode six or seven, and I just didn't have any interest after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. See, I got to about episode four, but other shows took priority in my schedule, so I'm like, I'll just go back and binge it later. Yeah. This is not helping. <laughs> and I don't read the manga, so I don't know how the manga is, but the fact that they're up to, like, volume 17, yep. it's got to be it's got to be good. I would. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have to read the manga. I've read through the first and second mm. volumes. Yeah. So then we got fall season coming up, and I know a couple of shows have already dropped for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing, but I watched about half of uh, the was it Ascension of a Bookworm. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of kind of cute. It's kind of slow right now, but um, I think it looks kind of interesting. That's the only one I've kind of seen. We're gonna have a return of Fire Force, uh, mm-hmm. Sword Art Online. Any Sword Art Online? people here no just our co-worker yeah just our co-worker <laughs> yeah I, I think i got enough sort of online with the very first season uh the big one is my hero academia is coming back yes and it's doing a very awesome arc uh that i really really like they're going to introduce some new characters like one of the former partners of all might is in this one um he is a I, I like his character a lot. Um, the villain, they, they introduced some new villains, introduced some new heroes, and it just kind of feels really fresh. And then it reminds you that this can be a very good series even if All Might is not there or um, some of the other big supporting characters like Bakugo and stuff like that. Oh. So, um, Bakugo. Yeah, yeah, he's not in it. But, yeah. but I like the anger. Yeah. I'm but, okay with All Might being out of it. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, he, he but uh, it, it is, I think it's a really cool arc, and it'll be oh. awesome to see it animated. Uh, Something that he said, this is coming back. <laughs> uh, Vinland Saga, yeah, is getting another season for sure. And then uh, Amazon is going to be streaming Blade of the Immortal. Mm-hmm. Um, I bl- I, I'm not sure. It doesn't sound like it's going to be an, a direct adaptation of like everything, but it's actually just adapting a certain part of the story. Um so I, the animation looks amazing. I'm super excited. Give me samurai stuff any day of the week. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys are excited about fall season? I am looking forward to Chihaya through Go oh, season three. Season three, because the second season, like, it ended in a nice place that you know there's still more material, but you're okay mm. with it stopping there. So I'm excited to see where it goes because they were going off to get extra training. Uh, her and and the guy I can't think of his name. But yeah. it's it's also got that little spark of he's realized that he likes her. So I'm see I'm curious to see where that goes too. So I'm looking forward to Chihaya, and I know that a entire show about nothing but poetry, card game, memory skill mashup <laughs> sounds so what? Why is this interesting? But it's so intense. It's really really good. If if you're a fan of Haikyuu of uh, Run With The Wind, it's definitely on that level of in- entertainment and also like intense competition. So go watch Chihaya if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. It's got two seasons already out, <clears throat> so this is season three. Yep. And then the other one I'm kind of interested in, which I give a 50-50 shot of being either good or being really stupid and I drop it, is Assassin's Pride. Because the whole plot mechanism is 
Um, only like you know the elite, the the higher ranking nobles have this power to defeat demons. I think it is. Okay. But the daughter of this duke apparently has no promising powers. So the guy who's been assigned to kind of watch her and I think maybe teach her some skills has also been assigned that if she's completely worthless and has no powers to kill her. So, like I said, it's got a 50-50 shot of possibly being good, possibly being dumb. Yona of the Dawn? No. No? No. No. Well, it sounds like Yona of the Dawn. Maybe I set it up badly. It says nothing like Yona of the Dawn to me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I just remember, like, her father, like, Yona. Spoilers for Yona of the Dawn, which is at the very beginning, her father dies. And then, like, uh... Well, she doesn't have any powers, though. Yeah, she doesn't have any She, I guess she to control the kingdom, so they have to get rid of her. Well, it, yeah, but that's more like you're inheriting your oh, position. Okay. Yeah. Where she, whereas they have actual, like, some sort of supernatural power to oh, kill okay. off these demons. I see. yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and that's, like, the only kind of synopsis I can find on it, so I don't know mm-hmm. any more depth, and I haven't really looked for any more, because yeah. I like to be kind of in the dark when I look at new shows. Mm-hmm. So that one caught my attention just due to the plot. Mm-hmm. And those, those would be about the only two. Everything else, I, I've kind of taken a step back from getting excited about shows until they're announced on where they're streaming because I, uh. <laughs> I refuse to pay for some of these services. Right. <laughs> or if you're lucky to even get them online, I'm still waiting for Teasing Master Takagi-san yeah. season two. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my two. Cool. Chris? All right. So mine are pretty obscure, but I'm pretty excited about them just because they really touch upon my interests. So first up, let's go with the one I actually got to watch this morning. Uh, I just found out about the existence of this show literally two days ago, and I was really excited once I heard the concept, and watching the first episode, it's pretty much everything I wanted as far as like the theme subject go. The show is After School Dice Club, and the plot of this one, it's just about these three girls that are in high school that just randomly meet up. Um, there's one who's sort of shy, does not want to deal with people. The other one's a new transfer to school who is super outgoing. And then the third one is sort of like the student council representative who's trying to be picky about them. Sort of like straight-laced, not always the person having fun. But they, the, the other two discover through pure chance that the student council rep works after school in a European game shop. Mm-hmm. And so it's... Like, and I, I used to work at a comic and game shop myself, and one of the neat things about it is, looking in the shop, all the games they have in the show are real board games. So, oh, nice. deep board game fans, they've got Dixit, Codenames, Ice Cool, Splendor, stuff like that. And so, what they're going to be doing is just playing these board games and having fun, and I... I know it's going to be just super bare bone. There's going to be no plot to it. It's just these <laughs> three like, girl stereotypes just having fun with each other and playing these board games. It's going to be like Will Wheaton's tabletop, the anime. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I kind of want that because I love board games and I want to find new board games. Like they, the first episode, they do a game I'd never heard of called Marrakesh. Mm-hmm. And I mean... They, that was funny. I read a review online. It's like, it only got a 6.5 on Board Game Geek. And I was like, it still looks fun. Like, a nice, easy, casual game to pick up. So mm-hmm. I might have to take a peek at that one. So, cool. And then another one that ties into my interests. 
I'm a big pro wrestling fan, as I mentioned uh-huh. earlier today. We're <laughs> recording the day after the uh, the Wednesday Night Wars popped off between NXT and AEW. For those of you all that know what I'm talking about, everybody else in there was just like, huh? Uh, I'm vaguely familiar. But uh, there is a new isekai that I really want to watch that uh, is apparently up for streaming now, too. It's called Kimono Michi Rise Up. And the plot line, it's about a pro wrestler in, in our world who has done really well with his career. He's just won a big title match. Well, actually, I think he just lost it from the reading the uh, summary, and he's not sad because it's not uh, like his career is pretty much coming to an end. But it's on his own terms. He doesn't want to keep being a wrestler. He wants to use all the earnings he's got and open up a pet shop. And that's when he gets tossed into another world, and he appears, and a princess summons him, and is like, "We need you to fight these monsters that are harassing us." And being such a fan of animals, he proceeds to German suplex the princess and decide to defend the animals. Mm-hmm. Actually, an exact description of the show. And I, I read it today. It sounds so ridiculous, but it, it appeals to me in so many ways. And I, it just, I love the stupid things, and it just sounds so fun. I really want to watch it. It definitely is filed under stupid things. Yeah. Well, wrestler, yeah, wrestling fan or animal lover, I mean, yeah. there's something there for everybody. Exactly. Yeah, the crossover, and, it's obvious. Yeah. yeah. And it's by the guy who wrote uh, Konosuba, too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He oh. gave me plenty of really good comedy there, then. Yeah, my nice. interest level just Oh, now I'm excited. <laughs> so, yeah. It'd be funny if that ends up being the show this season. <laughs> <laughs> Watching my hero academia? No, but I'm watching the one where the wrestler suplexed the princess. <laughs> yeah. Loves animals. Um, yeah. He's got a pet shop with the Cerberus. Uh, what's not to love? <laughs> Alright, well. Alright. So I would be excited for Beast Stars if Netflix didn't take it didn't take a license of it. It probably would release it not until like the December or whatever. Well, yeah. it's just unfortunate for us here in yeah. North America, because I know other Netflix countries they actually release the episode every week what yep oh i hate them more now (laughs) yeah the the concept that we really want this binge culture is just so awful because like one of the things i loved about star trek discovery on cbs all access is they just put out a new episode every week you got a week to think like oh man that was a good show i'm curious to see where they're going next i don't need to sit there for six hours and get half the season in let me just watch it when it comes out Oh yeah, but uh, I read the manga for Beastars, and I really liked it a lot. Uh, there's just there's just seems to be a lot of like uh, thematic layers to that show. Mm-hmm. Some that I some that I knew while I was reading, and some that I only found out after, and I looked up research on it. Uh, so I'm really excited f- to see what Studio Orange can do with that. Uh, I feel like maybe a 3D space would help will help out a lot with like the yeah. possible cinematography and stuff that I can do. Yeah, uh, just to jump off that, Studio Orange is the ones that did Land of the Lustrous, yeah. which oh. I have always like said like if you want to see anime and CG done correctly, yeah. watch Land of the Lustrous. So that's why I have a lot of hope in B stars. Yeah. And you forget that Land of the Lustrous is like a 3D one. It yeah. looks 2D. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. awesome. And then there's also another one I was wanting to check out, which is on Amazon Prime, <laughs> uh, called Babylon. So it's uh, it's the psych it's it builds itself as a psychological thriller where it's about 
it's a pretty basic plot as far as I know because it really isn't, it hasn't been much plot revealed yet. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that there's this secret agent man who starts getting into this uh, conspiracy or whatever. And it starts to visually it gets off the rails from there. So uh, since I don't know much about it, it could be really, really bad <laughs> that Amazon just kind of like, you know, sweeps under the carpet or it could mm-hmm. be something, something actually pretty good. So I want to see, I want to check out which it is, mm-hmm. at the very least. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I I don't think fall is going to be as strong as summer was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to find some surprises. Yeah, there's some hidden gems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think they also were like, eh, my hero's coming out. We're not going to try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my hero is going to dominate because I think it's two, yeah. two cores. Mm-hmm. So it'll be going into next it'll be fall and winter. So, yeah. yeah. <coughs> and then they have a movie coming out, too. So... Oh, yeah, yep, they one. got that sequel film. Yep. And just to huh. remind everyone, we do have a really awesome My Hero Academia yes. sale going on right now. Uh, thanks to our friends over at Viz and Funimation. Uh, mm-hmm. We are offering awesome discounts on the manga, which is 45% off, and uh, the Blu-rays, which are kind of varied just depending on what it is. I know we have the My Hero 2 Heroes movie for twelve forty nine right now, mm-hmm. which is awesome price and we even have some of the ellie editions that are still left for 26.99 as well as of the time of this recording yes yeah. as of this recording, but they're flying off the shelves here so um yeah just go check that out if you want to catch up we even took the time out to match the seasons up with the manga so you can get the manga bundled with the season so if you want to know where part of the manga was being adapted you can get it all in one shot um so yeah just go ahead and check that out as well um, so yeah, that's kind of what's coming up in fall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So unfortunately this week we don't have a new Massacre Dub Theater, nope. but we do have a winner Yay! from our previous Massacre Dub Theater, and that came in from one of our listeners, Chris Long, and he wrote us, uh, love the episode this week as well as Massacre Dub Theater. Glad I'm not the only one who loves this show. The Yay! answer is Soul Eater. Soul Eater. <laughs> and he said it's where Death the Kid is arguing with his twin pistols for the first time. Yep. Keep up the great work on the podcast. Well, thanks, Chris. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, and thank you. Uh, another, so now we have two people we know are Soul Eater fans. Yep. <laughs> Wait, <Yep>. Chris. <laughs> so, Chris, if uh, you want to just send us another message, um, I forgot what the email is again. <laughs> rspodcast.com That is going to be my I'm just never going to remember that We should just seriously tape that to the top of the yeah. monitor the laptop there <laughs> Alright, one, two, three Alright Chris, so if you just want to get a hold of us again at rspodcast at writestuff.com uh, we'll get out a $25 gift certificate and a t-shirt to you and uh, hopefully next episode we'll have a new Masker Dub Theater yeah. it takes us a little while because we have to find a, a dub clip and Make mm-hmm. sure it's one. The last one also got tra- uh, transcripted. Yes. I sat down and did that. Yes. It, I like that scene so much. It's <laughs> not like we have like a website we can go to and just copy and paste yeah. on the script. That would have been nice. We have to find clips and then sit down and go through them. So it takes some time. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll have one next time. And thanks again to Chris for uh, writing in to us. So. Yay. so for the main part of the podcast, um, all four of us, got a chance to see the new anime film, Promare. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really awesome to see. I was kind of following on Twitter. Um, I think after all the showings, it broke the $1 million mark yes. for uh, nice. uh, the money it made. Uh, and I think it was the two main showings, the English dub and the Japanese dub. And then 
or the English dub and the Japanese subtitled. And then they did a couple extra showings because a lot of showtimes got sold out. And then mm -hmm. after those extra showtimes, it broke over the $1 million mark, which yeah. is just awesome. It's, yeah. what, it's, what a time to be alive. It's the second, <laughs> for, uh, for comparison, it's the second best ever total for G-Kids, only behind mm -hmm. Mary and the Witch's Flower. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Nice. So, and then I know um, none of us here got to see it, um, but I know last night was one of the first premieres for the Rascal Girl Does yeah, Not Dream Rascal of Bunny. Yeah, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, but it's the movie which has a slightly different yeah. title. Yeah, I think it's like Rascal Does Not Dream of Dreaming Girl or something, yeah. something like that. Thank you for trying to pronounce it and not having to make me suffer because I was going to butcher it. <laughs> um, but uh, it sounded like that one did very well. So it's just awesome that we're getting like an anime film in theaters like every other week. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Especially here in Des Moines, Iowa. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, but yeah, we all four of us got a chance to see Promare. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to quickly go through a basic kind of synopsis of uh, Promare. And then yep. we'll go around and talk about our thoughts. Spoiler alerts, too. Spoiler alerts. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I'll just go through the beginning and then we can get into kind of spoiler talk. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, so Promare, uh, 30 years prior, Earth suffers a, cal a calamity. Known as the Great World Blaze, wherein fires from mass spontaneous human combustions kill half the world's population. Certain humans develop pyrokinetic abilities during and subsequent to the event and become known as the Burnish. In the present, Gallo lives in the city of Propimopolis? I don't remember. Propimopolis? It works. <laughs> sure. As a member of the. Yeah. As a member of a firefighting group, Burning Rescue, who responds to incidents involving the purported Burnish terrorist sect Mad Burnish. Um, so this was done by Studio Trigger. Um, and I'll just quickly just say it's the most Studio Trigger thing. <laughs> that, uh, studio Triggered. Um, these are the guys behind Kill a Kill. Um, Little Witch Academia, which is like their lightest thing they've ever done now. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of the crew who did Gurren Lagan, yeah. uh, the Gurren Lagan, mm -hmm. the, the was main in character a of the thing. movie might as well yes. have just been in. <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. straight up comedy, like, pretty much. Yeah. What the heck? Trigger, it <laughs> was very much like almost like yeah. Trigger's greatest hits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just to right, like the umpth degree. So, uh, Quinn, what did you think of Promare? I liked it for what it was. Like, I'm going to flat out put out there that action films are not my forte. Like, I enjoy them, but they're not my bread and butter. Uh, there were a couple scenes where, wow, this is really cool action. This is really cool camera work. All right, it's gone on enough, guys. Can we get on with the show? So there were a couple times that I thought that. But when it actually focuses on the character, especially Leo, who's the antagonist, I really enjoyed those uh, scenes the most just because they're they're more character driven mm -hmm. and he has such a good backstory too and his little lackeys they're they're hilarious they were good comedy fodder mm -hmm. for a while um, and Gallo I, I he he's he's there he does his thing he's there to be the hero <laughs> and right. that's that's pretty much his whole entire purpose and I'm like grow some depth <laughs> get, 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 get a little depth learn but um, yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was, and I thought that the similarities that people had been pushing about it and Fire Force, they're true maybe for maybe the first 10 minutes of the film. And mm -hmm. after that, it deviates so much that it's like they're nothing alike, especially the twist with what the Burnish are mm -hmm. near the end, because they aren't even real fire. They're yeah. actual, what, interdimensional beings that got yep, yeah. stuck there, and I'm mm -hmm. like... What? <laughs> that didn't see that coming. Yeah. Explains why all the fires are purple. 
Yeah. 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 I'm seeing that's like artistic to me. I yeah. was questioning that for the whole time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of visual uh, eye candy. Mm. Occasionally I'm like, am I upside down, right side up, sideways? I don't know what's <laughs> going on with the camera anymore. Yeah. But it was, it was fun. That was one of those things I was going to remark on is I was sitting in the middle of the theater and I felt like I should have sat at the very back of the theater. Yeah, I was farther back than you. There oh, was man. so much stuff going on <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> I was just like, holy crap. I'm like, <laughs> just a little bit I can't keep up with this. At but. one point I was like, they should put this on a roller coaster ride and just like project it at you because <laughs> oh, it yeah. would totally fit on some of those moves. Oh, man. Like, yeah. yeah. Strap a little, a few ice cannons on the side. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, Chris, what did you think? Yeah, I just thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, like, I really enjoy uh, uh, Gurren Lagann and, and Kill a Kill, so this was just, like, hitting me right in the wheelhouse as far as, like, action goes. Mm-hmm. The character design was really cool. Some of the vehicles I had, like, the super gigantic fire truck mm-hmm. that the burning <laughs> rescue rolls out in that's, like, yeah. eight times bigger than any of the other vehicles on the street, and they're getting it to do crazy drift tricks, the what looks like the hook and ladder system is just a catapult system yeah. for firefighting mecha. Oh <laughs> man, it just hits me so much. And, it, and also, you can see a lot of borrowed stuff from their other concepts. Because yeah, like Gallo is pretty much just Kamina mm-hmm. from Gurren Lagann. Um, I was a little disappointed that like a lot of the other side characters got z- like zero development. I like, forgot they existed by yeah, the end. I was the, like, oh yeah, there are more of them, aren't there? Yeah, the rest of Burning Rescue just gets no focus. Like, there's the girl that goes along with Gallo when they try and solve the problem of what the Burnish actually are, mm-hmm. and she's just pretty much there. Like, the only reason she exists is so you can get that butt shot of her doing the <laughs> oh, freaking darling oh, in the Franks pose said, yeah. of <laughs> piloting the hovercraft. It feels like, and then the rest of the team. Like, I want to find out more about like the twelve-year-old prodigy girl who's running all the tech than her little mouse buddy Vinny. Yeah, they I recognize the voice actor on that for, yeah. the, for the Japanese uh, subtitle too. And I'm like, oh, oh wow. who is this? But it very much screams me almost like it was. I it was supposed to be a pilot for a TV show, and then they saw Fire Force come out, and they're like, <laughs> okay, maybe we should just shift to a movie production instead, and just <laughs> throw a lot more money into this. Mm. But um. I also found it interesting that, like, my friends and I, or my my roommate and I realized there was sort of a big allegory going on with, like, almost like American current events because the the British are being rounded up and taken away mm. and being kept in, like, almost concentration camp-like areas. And I was just like, oh, my God, the freeze force is just ice. Mm-hmm. It's just straight up right there in your eyes. And early on, there's a scene where there's a local pizza maker that they really enjoy. And it just turns out he's also a burnish, but all he really wants to do is just use his elemental skills to make really damn good pizza. Mm -hmm. But then the freeze force shows up and deports him anyway. Mm -hmm. It just screams current events to me in a way that I definitely was not expecting Mm -hmm. from this movie about people on fire and giant robots. Well, from the, the start of their production time, I'm like coincidence i know this has to be coincidence but at the same time this really speaks yeah Yeah. i mean and like how the whole ending and how like they're like how they talk about how like i'm gonna burn everything to the ground and leo's like i'm gonna make sure i protect everybody it's like did did studio trigger just call for a revolution (laughs) 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 and like the crave foresight who is like the villain of it is like golden hair 
Oh, taller God. guy. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, that's Trump. <laughs> that's totally Trump. <laughs> yep. Just get, get all the rich people on a spaceship and get mm-hmm. out of here before the mess blows yeah, up. Yeah, and, and, he, and he very much fits in the idea of like, uh, like, how do I put it? Of like a president that's less like. Um, a big event happens and mm. like I'm going to prove to everybody that I'm not this way and he does it by saving uh, Gallo even though he's the one that set the, yeah. his house on fire <laughs> he saves this kid and it turns it into a big publicity thing mm. that is one of the big things that makes him who he is mm-hmm. but you know deep down inside he is still this terrible hateful <laughs> person yeah. one of the funnier bits is how he, and how uh, of course I was like all this time I've been trying to get you killed but you still kill me <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I know that halfway through the movie too I'm like his character I'm going he's gonna be a burnish don't do this to me don't 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 be the obvious you're the obvious oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, know, I like I like I like tropes like that and like mm. it's, it's, it's you know what would have been better okay. is like if they I like, like it I like a villainous hypocrite <laughs> if they would have integrated Cray using social media all the time like, did you see what I did today like I don't know like yep <laughs> they got it so well what did you think yeah, just like just pretty much anything made by Mashi and written by Nakashima. It's just a ton of fun. Oh, I just had a ton of fun just watching it. Uh, just like the action was really great. Uh, I'm fine with sensory overload as long as it looks cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and boy, was it beautiful to look at. Yeah, like the colors, the uses of color in this movie mm. was no just absolutely spectacular. Uh, so I wish I, I wish I could see more like crazy stuff like that. I love like the, the South Judges where they did the Gurren Lagann style name pop up behind oh, every yeah. character all the time. Yeah, oh, I love the love char- I love the character intros like that. Yeah. They they would often like sometimes poke fun of it mm-hmm. during the time. Uh, yeah, obviously like I think the use of CGI like they were very very plain with the CGI like you could mm-hmm. tell what was CGI but I felt yeah. like the color scheme the flat color scheme helped out a yeah. bit with with that mm-hmm. and just like the 3D shots they were able to play around with this with the with the camera it was just really great to look at mm-hmm. um, and just and honestly like I, I went to the dub version yeah I, I mm-hmm. wanted to go to the sub but I couldn't mm-hmm. because I had something that night mm-hmm. but I was really impressed by most by most of the dubbers in, in this in, uh, in the dub uh, the guy who plays All Might uh, also does uh, Foresight mm-hmm. also oh. does Foresight so that was a cool <laughs> change of character nice uh, there was like so you guys were saying about how like the supporting cast was undeveloped. I agree, but I just felt like that they were just bringing bringing with a lot of personality. Yeah, they did. And they maybe maybe it's because I saw the dub because the dub supporting cast oh, they really good, yeah. yeah knocked it out of the park. Especially the Lucia, she was the prodigy uh, uh, yeah. person. Mm-hmm. She was voiced by, by I believe it's pronounced Kari uh, Carrie Walgren. And she just knocks oh, yeah. it out of the park. Like the character herself is really elastic, and she's able to bring that out in her in her voice. And mm-hmm. it's one. It was like a standout performance for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I was wanting there to be more of the characters. Maybe I just really enjoyed the voice yeah. acting. I was like, oh man, let's get more of these guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go, Studio Trigger spinoff. Do a TV show about <laughs> yes. just the Fire Force people. Burning Fire Rescue. Fire Force. Fire yeah, that's just yeah. yeah. whatever. <laughs> they do fires. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, I really like Promare. I it's very studio trigger. It follows a lot of their styles. Um, it's it's just very much just a show of hey, look what we can do. 
Like I always kind of <laughs> their felt, interview yeah, at yeah. the end was totally full oh, of yeah. what we can do. Yeah, yeah. It's a cute I, that's I know Quinn, you stayed for it. I left because I've seen some interviews with Trigger, and a lot of times it's just them petting themselves on, oh, on the back. So much, and it's like, oh, I mean, you guys are very remarkably talented, but. Yeah, I just, I don't need to. talk about the film, not yourselves. Yeah, so I, I knew that's kind of what it was going to be. But no, and I I mean, I like the, the whole idea at the end that, um, I mean, it also deals with a lot of, like, the ideas of, like, our environment right now, too, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. kind of how we keep using these resources and how, like, almost we need to take the establishment that is basically using all these resources and slowly destroying this world and burn it all down and then restart from new mm-hmm. and... That new is, you know, Gallo and uh, Leo's character coming together at the end. Mm-hmm. Two different groups coming together to, like, quell and, like, fix the world. And I don't know. I just, for something that was just supposed to be mindless, like, action and a spectacle, there were some really good ideas behind it. Oh, yeah. 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 So I didn't like the whole idea at the end. Like, Cray kind of, like, is almost forgiven, <coughs> sort of. Like, he has that, like, like I feel like if they were going to completely Trumpize him, I feel like he should have stayed the way he was till the very end. Like, because at the end, they almost feels like he's like, oh, I just didn't see it that way kind of style. Oh. And I was just like, ah, I don't really want redemption for this guy. Yeah. Let's just go throw him in jail. Yeah, it's like, fine. he was a terrible person, and he was terrible for the things he did, and he was trying to use Yeah, that, that one moment isn't going to change a person at the end yeah, of the Yeah, and I, just, yeah. I guess I didn't like that. I, I guess... I felt like if they wouldn't have done that, I would have felt like they went almost all in on that whole idea. Mm. Um, but no, I thought it was really, really awesome. It'll be interesting to see what they do again. Um, I I would like to see a series of this, like maybe a 13-episode yeah. series of what happened afterwards. Like mm. I know that the Burnish don't have that, that power anymore. Mm-hmm. Like All that went back to that other dimension, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of the end of it. But hell, I'll watch 13 episodes of them rebuilding a world. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, going to be that cool. You could even do like an insert, like a prequel, yeah. Yeah. if mm-hmm. you yeah. wanted to keep the Burnish around, because all the characters would be established already in that world. Yeah. You just have them on opposite sides. Yeah, just 30 episodes of the nonstop dystopia that was like the very beginning of like the Great World Blaze, where everything yeah. was like in hell. Like, <laughs> I'll watch that. Um, but yeah, Promare. I think everybody here gives it a thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Um, no Blu-ray release yet, but... Uh, G Kids will yeah, it's yeah. announcing yeah. something soon. Do it. do so, I'm hoping they do some really nice collector's edition of it too yeah, with nice. um, mm-hmm. interviews and stuff like that. Hopefully the interviews aren't just like look how cool, look what we look can do. do. <laughs> so. Yeah, and then and then the one guy in the interview at the end was also talking about how much he cried. And then the rest of them were telling him that you cry a lot. And he's like, yes, I do cry a lot. It makes me so emotional. And I was just like, all right, so the the interview is about how awesome you guys are and how much he cries. Uh, That's great. Great. Uh, (laughs) I don't feel bad about making my wife get up to leave. I was like, I'm on here. You you guys didn't miss anything. Yeah. Cool. So that's Promare. So as of right now, what's going on at Right Stuff? Uh, we are coming down to the last, I think by the time this podcast comes out, will either be the last day or close to the last day for uh, the Fooly Cooly Vinyl and the Perfect Blue Art Book uh, pre-orders. Uh, those have been doing awesome. It's mm-hmm. The Perfect Blue Art Book is, has kind of a hefty price tag at $90, but like it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like There's a lot of art. If you're a Satoshi Kon fan... Uh, it is something to have in your collection. I have the old um, art book that Dark Horse did years and years ago that had just a bunch of different art from Satoshi Kon. And uh, it's just awesome to 
be getting more stuff from him because unfortunately he did pass away. So like for him, a very very young age, and he was just really I think getting to the pinnacle of like greatness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Fooly Cooly, like if you like the pillows, if you like old like <laughs> old school like nineties anime music, like Fooly Cooly vinyl is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we just recently announced uh, a Silent Voice vinyl, um, mm-hmm. which is currently up on our website. Uh, I mean that music was beautiful. Oh, I mean that's beautiful soundtrack. Yeah. I, I the music just fits the overall feel mm-hmm. and the artwork of that movie so well, oh, it's so awesome. And I mean, while you're there, you can always pick up the uh, Silent Voice uh, limited edition that we're going to yep. be releasing mm-hmm. and joined with uh, yeah, Eleven some Arts. New, new artwork up for that too mm-hmm. to check out. Mm-hmm. So that two good things there, and we still have our My Hero Academia sale going. So check that out. Mm-hmm. I think week two of three. Um, and then we also have our Sentai weekly specials mm-hmm. and some deeper discounts on the LEs are in there. So make sure you check that out too. Yep. Um, and then we have a convention coming up here in two weeks, Anime Fusion in Plymouth, Minnesota, which is just right outside of Minneapolis. Uh, we are going to be honored as guest of honor. Woo. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll have a booth there. We are doing five panels. Oh. Uh, we are doing a trivia panel. We're doing an industry panel. We are doing... Uh, History of Nozomi Entertainment. We are doing another panel on uh, inside look of the industry from an actual insider's perspective. And what is the fifth one? There's so many panels, we can't keep track of them all. Yeah, trivia. Oh, and then uh, we're doing a panel. Uh, I'll, I'll be doing this one. Actually, my wife will be helping me with this one. Shiny New Anime, where we just talk about uh, some of the highlights of streaming anime that have come out in the last 12 months. So. <laughs> That will be the fifth one. So we'll be very busy. Booth and panels for those three days. So come on, check out that. And then after that, we have uh, NebraskaCon in Omaha. Um, and that'll be our third year doing that one. And mm-hmm. we always love to go down to that one. That one's a lot of fun as well. So um, I think we're going to be on a break again for almost three weeks. Because <laughs> the next time we're supposed to shoot, we are packing up to leave to Anime Fusion. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, And not to mention that we are getting deep into the holiday season. Yeah, so, it's already hit, guys. It's already yeah. hit. But if you want hit, those good hit, deals, hit. you'll be okay waiting an extra week for another podcast. Yeah. And, um, I'm not sure what we're going to review or what we're going to do yet. I know I've tossed around the idea of uh, talking about, uh, I mean, we're almost done with a decade. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And yeah. I think maybe looking back at the last 10 years of, uh, honestly, has been like the biggest explosion in the industry ever. I thanks feel to streaming. It's daunting. Yeah. I'm like, how many shows have I watched in ten years? The I'm craziest like... thing to do is to look at how many shows came out every year starting in 2010 and going to 2019 because oh, yeah. they've almost so tripled. <laughs> and and then also just being like, oh my god, Dorara and Angel Beats are ten years old now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like I remember just <laughs> watching those. Um, so maybe we might do something like that. Mm-hmm. I know we've tossed around the idea of guilty pleasures mm-hmm. shows uh, and manga that we really like that maybe haven't got enough exposure, or maybe stuff that people hate that we just absolutely like. That 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 are or things that we don't want to admit that we like. Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah. anyway, for your entertainment, yeah, you know, it's more nice like that. <laughs> for sure. But we'll leave you. <laughs> we'll leave you with that, and we'll see you guys again in three weeks. All right. Bye bye. See you. Bye. See you next time.
views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Right Stuff Anime. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions or comments to rspodcast at rightstuff.com and we might just answer them in a future episode. That's rspodcast at rightstuff.com.